Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this Wednesday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? Doing good. You're tired. It's late. It's a little late. It's yep. after 10 p.m. This yep. is like your bedtime. Yeah, it is. That's okay. I can power through. All right, let's do it. All right, from the Disney Parks blog, they've got some information on Rogers the Musical that's coming to Disney's California Adventure. That's right. As we've mentioned before, Rogers the Musical will be at the Hyperion Theater at Disney's California Adventure Park. This is part of the Disney 100 celebration at Disneyland Resort. And this new one-act live theater production will have a limited engagement from June 30th through August 31st of 2023. Uh, This is the story of Captain America. Uh, We saw a little brief segment of this in the Hawkeye limited series on Disney+. And it kind of became so popular that they have actually now created this one-act play about it. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, they're saying... There are four things to know about this. Uh, The first one is a timeless story of a timeless hero. There is something for everyone. There's music. There's action. There's story. There's iconic moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, And if you're going to go see it, you know how you get in? Virtual queue. Virtual queue. That's right. Um, It's going to be open two times a day at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time for the first two shows of the day and then at 2 p.m. Pacific time for the remaining shows of the day. And you can get into that virtual queue via the Disneyland uh, app. So that is uh, that deal there. And then, of course, you know, we've got to mention the food. There are some super snacks that are available uh, in California Adventure, um, as well as uh, Avengers Campus. And then what is anything? Without the merchandise. Without merchandise. Uh, there's going to be special uh, collectible merch available near the Hyperion Theater, as well as the Superstore featuring Avengers uh, Campus Shop in Hollywoodland. So uh, that's all the deal you need to know about uh, Rogers the Musical. It's going to be popular. It's going to be hard to get into. It is. Disney Eats has a new foodie guide. This one is to Flavors of Florida, presented by Corksicle. That's right. The Flavors of Florida is returning to Disney Springs again this summer. And that's going to be a celebration of flavors inspired by the Sunshine State. And that will run from July 1st through August 13th at over 30 locations throughout Disney Springs. Uh, You'll be able to get the Lime Garage Burger from Deluxe Burger, the Gombas Garbadina from uh, Jaleo by Jose Andres. You'll be able to get Florida Shrimp Tacos at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. And of course, you'll be able to get some treats. They've got some delicious treats at Emirates Patisserie. Did I say it right? You did. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the, all the menu items for a lot of the restaurants are very uh, citrus-based. So they have an orange cream puff, um, an orange bird dome uh, layer cake, and a strawberry spritzer, which is the, the drink that they have. Um, at the boathouse, well, this isn't citrus, uh, pan-roasted golden tile fish. Never that heard of that. Tile fish does not sound good. No, although it's it does have citrusy and coconut um, flavors to it. Uh, it's Char- Chef Art Smith's Homecoming. Uh, they have a Key West shrimp cocktail and a Florida crush cocktail, which the shrimp cocktail is a food and the crush cocktail is a beverage. At Chicken Guy, they've got a vanilla soft serve with uh, orange juice mixed in it. At City Works Eatery and Poorhouse, they've got a grouper, which has a citrus chipotle rice. Uh, at the Coca-Cola store rooftop bar, they have an orange cream float. At Deluxe Burger, a lime garage burger. Um, I don't really see, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing very Florida about that. Maybe some avocado. 
and an orange bird milkshake. With real bits of orange bird. <laughs> when you're going to get your margarita at Dockside Margarita, they now have a frozen orange daiquiri, which actually is not a margarita. Um, at the Edison, they have, it's a drink, it's sunny. Uh, Enzo's Hideaway has a shrimp risotto and a creamsicle copa, which is a beverage. Everglaze Donuts and Cold Brew um, has a citrus dream donut and an orange lemonade with sweet cold foam. Frontiera uh, Cocina has an orange shrimp cocktail and the Gabi Maria, which that has tequila in it. At the Ganachery, a honey lavender square ganache square um, and a key lime pop. And we save the best for last. Yeah, my absolute this is favorite. Cheryl's favorite place. Uh, Gideon's Bakehouse, the key lime chocolate chip cookie, and the orange mocha nitro cold brew. That's interesting. I don't know how that would be. Um, There's many more places that have uh, items. Pretty much every restaurant in um, Disney Springs has something, but I feel like those were the best. That's right. As I mentioned earlier, there are 30 locations participating in the Flavors of Florida. All right. There were some new monkeys that were born at the Animal Kingdom. There were actually twins born. That's right. We mentioned this last week. They're uh, the cotton top tamarind monkeys. Did we know they were twins? We did not know they were okay. twins. So I guess they, when we mentioned the story last week, the vets had not been able to get in there because the babies were still bonding with their parents. Uh, the babies right now, they, they are twins. Um, they're very rare uh, to have twins. Uh, they're about the size of a common chicken egg. They're about four inches long, and and they're they're very like pint wow. sized, very tiny. Um, this is the first cotton top birth since two thousand one at uh, Animal Kingdom, and they got twins. Yeah, so That's how exciting. exciting is that? Uh, not sure that we know what their weights are uh, or their sex, but uh, we do know that uh, they're doing well and that they've been hanging out with their parents a lot. So I'm sure that at some point they will get names and we will mention it when we know what they are. All right. That's all from the Disney Parks blog. So let's head on over to California. Well, I mean, the major thing happening over at uh, California Adventure is Rogers the Musical. Um, So they actually have a premium viewing package that's going to be available. So what's that about? That's right. You can purchase this package from the Studio Catering Studio Catering Company Truck in Hollywood Land for $29. Uh, it includes the Rogers Musical Popcorn Bucket with Kettle Corn, your choice of a beverage, and access to lounge seating before the show, <laughs> priority choice of seating in the theater, a souvenir lanyard, and priority access to a unique photo opportunity. Uh, guests check in up to 90 minutes before the show starts, and they will be led into the theater about 30 minutes prior to the show starts. Uh, if you don't want to purchase the package, the kettle corn and popcorn bucket, of course, will be available for purchase uh, separately. All right. They put some scrim up in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout in the queue. That's right. It's in the point just before the guests board the gantry lift. Uh, it is a plain black scrim, and it blocks just a small section of the queue, so probably a little bit of maintenance going on back there. All right. Hard-hitting news here. In some more important news, half of Mater's Junkyard Jamboree is closed for refurbishment. That's right. Well, the ride is technically not closed for refurbishment because half of the ride is in operation. Um, But but half of it is closed. It's only operating at half capacity. Okay. Were there two, I try to remember, are there two sides to it? There must be. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it is uh, half capacity for now. And uh, no word on if they're going to do half now and half later. Makes sense. Yeah. So that's all the news from California. So let's head on over to Florida. 
All right. Uh, Disney World has posted a casting call for Bruno from Encanto. That's right. They're looking for a Bruno lookalike to fill a position <laughs> at Walt Disney World. Do you want to look like Bruno? I'm not quite sure if that's a good thing or not. Uh, but if you are interested, uh, you are uh, welcome to apply to the open call by Disney. Uh, you have to do it by Saturday, July 8th, or you have to be there Saturday, July 8th at 9 a.m. And you have to have full-time work availability in uh, Florida, in the United States. So if you know anyone who looks like Bruno, <laughs> let them know that this is available. I mean, it'd be a fun job, right? But, but no one talks about him. So. That's true. So no one would know. You know, you mentioned the hard-hitting news, <laughs> and we do bring it to you. We sure do. Um, the rocks that greet guests in the entryway to Tomorrowland have been repainted. That's right. They have received a fresh coat of paint, uh, and they are, uh, you know, they're not repainted that often. The last time they were repainted was 2016, so it's been about seven years. They actually do look really nice. They're this, like, glittery blue and gray. You know, it makes it look like, um, I don't know, like slate or... Mm -hmm. I don't know, some sort of mineral Like filled. an ore vein. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they are the rockiest looking rocks ever. Well, the thing is, usually they just look gray. Right. Like, I never realized that they had all these different, like, colors Color and shininess. Right. And, you know, there's some metallic to it. You really couldn't tell that uh, in the past few years. So right. it's good that they're being repainted. All right. You know where I've never been? Where? Or what I've never bought anything from is the uh, Colonel Kitchen at the Main Street Confectionery. Mm -hmm. They now have some 4th of July popcorn that's available. I love flavored popcorn. I don't know why I've never gotten it. You know where I will never go? Where? The Colonel uh, uh, Kitchen. Why not? Because they took the place of the hat shop. Oh. They got rid of the hat shop so they could put in another place to sell merchandise. Yeah, wait, what? They already were, hats are merchandise. Yes, but they're hats. They're an iconic part of Disney World. I know, but once you own a couple of hats, like, that's enough. You well, can never have too much popcorn. All right. Well, if you do like popcorn, you see, I never go in there, and you never follow me there. That's you're, why You're about been. getting out of the park at that point. Yeah, it's true. You're so close to the exit. <laughs> um, if you do enjoy popcorn, though, there is now a red, white, and blue 4th of July popcorn available in the Colonel Kitchen. Um, and, uh, let's see. What do you think the flavored? flavors are? I'm going to say cherry, blueberry, and butter. Uh, it does not say what they are. doesn't? Come on now. No, it what's, doesn't. What's this here? Um, oh, no, nothing. But, uh, you can actually customize your popcorn, uh, with different flavored candy, uh, combinations in there. So okay. it's kind of like a popcorn and a candy mix-in. All right. I'm really disappointed that we don't find out here what the flavors are. Because if it's all one flavor, even though it's different colors, not cool. And now on to Tiana's Bayou Adventure news. They have torn up the queue that was there for Splash Mountain. That's right. Uh, the uh, walkway has been scored and they have started pulling it up. Uh, so they are leaving literally no stone unturned. <laughs> they have started testing Journey of Water inspired by Moana at Epcot. That's right. Walt Disney and the Imagineering shared some photos on their Instagram page of water tests. Um they began to teach water how to play in the journey of water, as their posting says. Guests of all ages will engage with water in a variety of ways as they learn about water's amazing journey around our natural world, including ways to better conserve our natural resources and protect water as it voyages throughout our natural world, connecting us all. Nice. So um, the only way I've interacted with water is I've usually bathed in it. Drink it. You drink, drink it, it, right? Yep. Squirt guns. Yep. yep. Water also balloons. good. Mm -hmm. So Swimming. I don't know what new ways of interacting with water they are inventing. 
but I, I definitely do look forward to it. It's going to be good. You know, that's what they said about Galactic Star Cruiser. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was It was good. just too expensive. Yes. And, uh, you know, it just never got off the ground. Joe Rohde uh, commented on Twitter about the broken Yeti in Expedition Everest. That's right. We all know that when Expedition Everest debuted um, in, what was it, 2006, uh, not long afterwards, the Yeti broke. Uh, since that time, the Yeti has been operating in B mode where he barely moves. <laughs> yeah, I think his, like, light, his and, eyes light up. And they added a strobe light. Uh, the Yeti was actually designed to um, move five feet horizontally and 18 inches vertically. So there was a lot of movement there. And Joe Rohde said that it, he would make it, make it his responsibility to fix it. Uh, we're now, what, 17 years uh, past that point. <laughs> and somebody questioned on Twitter... Uh, is it, you know, they asked, is it true that a piece of the mountain has to be removed in order to fix it? And Joe Rohde says that it is a complex interface between finance operations, marketing, design, timing, engineering, narrative, and guest satisfaction. And all of those need to line up for a solution. He says there are solutions, but there are no opportunities. And essentially what it boils down to is the ride would require extended downtime. Right. uh, Because they would have to disassemble probably some of the exterior of the attraction building which it's the attraction building but it's actually the mountain right um it is actually is everest so uh you know is the cost worth it right in this day and age does does the cost justify we've been living with the yeti that way for so long you know it's just how it is long live the disco yeti right Heading over to entertainment news, Marvel Studios is going to skip Hall H announcements at San Diego Comic-Con in 2023. Um, That uh, is kind of a big deal because last year they made a whole bunch of MCU announcements there. Uh, Disney has kind of scaled back their participation in San Diego Comic-Con because they now have D23 events to, uh, you know, to to give their information. And um, it just, you know, it makes... Comic-Con that much less interesting. Because there is so much Marvel content coming out of Disney. So sad. Um, Disney is reportedly interested in purchasing the broadcasting rights to the World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. Uh, The WWE had an exclusive negotiating windows with their current broadcast partners, and that is Fox and Comcast. But that window has expired, uh, and Disney is looking uh, to get the broadcasting rights uh, specifically on Disney Plus Hotstar uh, in Indonesia, where they already have, so they they'd love to add it to their uh, you know domestic Disney Plus. I'm sure. Okay, I don't know. Can you see Mickey out there wrestling? No, it would be an interesting <laughs> marriage, though. It would. It would. And then our last piece of uh, entertainment news today: we mentioned the box office numbers for Elemental. Well, it is now official. Elemental has the second worst opening in Pixar history, uh, and that excludes movies that are not re-releases. Toy Story was the lowest grossed opening weekend with $29.1 million. Of course, that makes sense. It was the first film from Pixar. Nobody knew what to expect. Um, And uh, Elemental's opening weekend was 29.5 domestic. So that uh, that is not good news. Um, it was even beaten by Onward, which made 39. Oh, and that was, yeah, we never even watched that. We did. We saw it just before COVID Oh, we did. You're right. Uh, It made $39.1 million in their opening weekend. 
Um, and then subsequent releases from Pixar, Soul, Luca, and Turning Red were either exclusive to Disney Plus or had a limited theatrical release in conjunction with a streaming release. So, um, you know, they're, they're far... They're far from the highest grossing film, which was Incredibles 2, which took in $182 million on their opening weekend. It's so interesting. I feel like Pixar was like, couldn't do anything wrong for so long. Right. And And now they can't do anything right. Right. The funny thing is, you know, we mentioned the other day, we thought Elemental was a good movie and the audience scores have been over 90. You know, they're in the 91 to 93 range. A lot of it is the advertising. I mean, you know, the Little Mermaid doing really well. I feel like was so much in part due to the advertising campaign. Right. You know, they didn't really push Elemental. You got to push it right when it's coming out, you know, and and just get people talking about it. Because if it really is a good movie, uh, you know, you want people to hear that. Right. Do you think it hurt that Disney released Little Mermaid two weeks prior to Elemental and you can't you don't really want to advertise both movies at the same time because then they're competing against each other? I guess. But I feel like the Little Mermaid advertisements like dropped off as soon as the movie came out. Okay. You know, they could have started up, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they released them too close to each other. All right, over we go to Universal Hollywood, where they are going to be having 4th of July fireworks this year. That's right. 4th of July fireworks have been announced. You can celebrate Independence Day with live performances, festive decor, and festive, festive decor, and a sky filled with fireworks. Uh, fireworks will begin at approximately 9 p.m. on July 4th. There will be two viewing locations and attractions will remain open. Um, Usually Universal Studios Hollywood's 4th of July decorations feature Woody Woodpecker. All right. There's a character you don't see much more of these days. No, not really. Can you do the Woody Woodpecker laugh? Absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) And in some cruising news, uh, over at Port Canaveral, Royal Caribbean is going to be sending their new Utopia of the Seas uh, to be homeported there. Beginning in July of 2024, they will be doing three and four night Bahamian trips. Um, this ship will be the largest ship in the Oasis class, but it won't be the world's largest cruise ship as Royal's new Icon of the Seas is going to debut just before this ship arrives and that ship will be sailing out of Miami. So, um, you know, very interesting to see that Royal is getting a now second ship for uh, Port Canaveral. Uh, and it's they've been getting a lot of ships, a lot of new ships, Carnival's Mardi Gras, Disney's Wish, Norwegian Prima, uh, and now the Utopia uh, class uh, ship. So lots of stuff going on there. Uh, Wonder of the Seas is there right now in Port Canaveral, and it will continue to sail right alongside Utopia of the Seas after its arrival. So um, good things going. And, you know, we mentioned a couple months ago that Port Canaveral is the number one cruise port domestically and growing yes that's all the news for today we'll be back on friday and until then i'm tony and i'm cheryl and you've been listening to the disney drive time podcast (laughs)